Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I got him, Ballara. I just had dinner with the Obama, what did you do? Hop up on Twitter talking about the stuff you don't do. Rock off a lawn, shawty, cause that is what you gon' do. Sabiato, New Balance, of style. Third down and six, right up the gut. That is Gibson, and he is gone. Third of the ball game for the rookie Antonio Gibson. Farms at the farms, all you hear is oi. One time for BDR, we just try to see you out. I used to be with Nas, beating Murray City up. Why should you talk to one respect about it? Picked up, and Mullins fumbles the football. Washington has it back. Chase Young, they're chasing him down the sideline. And Chase Young has a Washington touchdown. I've been ungrateful, but thankful. I've been ungrateful, but thankful. Maybe I got it all too fast, too soon. Been living like no fans, no rules. And I've been trying to make it last, make it move. But I'ma hop in this point and knock a fool. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Drafting Burgundy, part of the Burgundy Network podcast in the Capital Network. I'm your host, Josh Taylor from the Burgundy Network podcast. Joining me today from the Burgundy and Gold Report, Adam Aniva. Adam, how you doing, sir? Hey, always good to chop it up, bro. I know. It's always good to talk draft prospects. As we said, Washington season is over, sadly, uh, for some of us. But for others, this is an exciting time of the year. Um, I know you've been watching a lot of tapes. I've been watching a lot of tapes. Um, you went through the Scouting Academy, and I'm going through it now. And it blows your mind when you talk about how you really watch players play. And right. my thought process recently has changed immensely. So I'm excited to watch more tapes on some guys. And as we know, uh, Deshaun Watson is not coming to Washington. I hate to break it to a lot of fans. Breaking news. Um, <laughs> he's not even in the top like 15 on bets uh, for Vegas right now to come to Washington. So – Go ahead, delete the edits. That's not going to happen. So while y'all are doing that, me and Adam are going to talk realistic quarterbacks coming to Washington. And recently, NBC Sports Washington put out an article that Mac Jones could possibly be coming to Washington at pick 19. And we'll talk about that. Uh, but we're also going to talk about Kyle Trask on this episode, um, who for me was interesting to take a look at. And I know you and me have um, similar opinions on him and his weapons around him, but you can say the same for Mac Jones. Right. You have a Heisman winning wide receiver with Devontae Smith, a guy who might even be drafted higher than Devontae Smith with Jalen Waddle. And then you have Najee Harris, one of the best offensive line in college football to add to it. So Adam, let's take a look at Mac Jones first. 6'2", 205 junior out of Alabama. Obviously, you and me love Mac Jones, obviously, Alabama fan, as everybody knows. Um, but with Mac Jones, he was originally committed to Kentucky, thankfully decommitted, <laughs> and decided to come to Tuscaloosa and probably one of the most loaded quarterback uh, rooms in college football history. You have Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, then Mac Jones. What does that say about his character just really sitting back saying, I have these two guys in front of me. I'm not going to transfer. I'm going to stick it out, wait for my time. What does that show you with uh, Mac Jones? Just from everything I've read, heard, seen from him, he's a leader. You know, um, he's an overachiever for sure. So that's that's the classic label for him. Um, 
I think a lot of people are focused on what he's doing to Alabama and think that translates to the next level. And I'm not saying he's going to be a, uh, not a good quarterback, but you know, during the national championship, one thing I did notice is the advanced play call in the verbiage. That's what impresses me about Alabama. So with Mac Jones compared to a lot of other, you know, later round mid round prospects, I think he definitely has a leg up on those guys just because from where he's coming, the verbiage, the offense, it's not going to be bigger than him. But, you know, just like a lot of uh, quarterbacks in this draft, I think he's a West Coast quarterback. I think, you know, he can get involved in some of the concepts, but, you know, his lack of mobility, um, what he does impromptu, um, his receivers continually bail him out. Um, we can say that about a lot of guys, but this is Alabama, so he's got the best receivers in the nation. He throws a nice long ball, but um, I'm really looking forward to the pre-draft process. It's going to be very different with no combine, but I just want to see some of the numbers. Uh, you know, I always like to see the medicals, but um, you know, the talk about him going mid-early first round, yeah, that that's just you know fan talk jumping up the mock drafts at this point. Yeah, that's that's what we like to call reaching in the draft. As much as I love Mac Jones, I will say him at 19 is not realistic for me. Um, is he capable of going in the first round? Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about some teams where I think he might possibly go in the first. Um, but I agree with you. You know, just taking a look at his game and where he would translate to the NFL, West Coast offense, quick passes, mix in some, you know, occasional long balls. And that's been the one thing people really fault him at is his long passes. But my comp for him would be his ceiling could be Drew Brees. People said the same thing about him. Not the best long ball, but he's efficient. He's smart with the ball. Doesn't make mistakes. I mean, he very rarely turns the ball over. Only had four interceptions this year, which is crazy for as many passes they throw as, you know. like. But like you said, you do have Devontae Smith. You have Jalen Waddle going off. But if there was one thing kind of looking at his game going to the next level, what worries you the most with Mac Jones? I think I think it's his lack of mobility and his overall size. Uh, you know, six two two oh five is where he's coming in. Like I said, I want to see the measurables. I don't see him getting dramatically bigger than that. I wouldn't even be surprised if he checks in at six one. So you know, around six one six two, probably he'll be in the two ten two fifteen range. I'm sure. You know, whoever's training him is you know instructing him that a two oh five quarterback he's going to have a little issue because he, he has no he has very little mobility. But um, I have to say one particular play that jumped out on me in the national championship. Again, he's not a mobile quarterback, but he actually had a straight lane for a first down scramble at the last second before he crossed that line of scrimmage. He had a nice pitch that ended up in a first down. Those are the kind of decision-making that, again, classic overachiever where I could see him doing something on the next level. But if you're looking to have a quarterback start for you in the next year or two, Mac Jones is not that guy. He's, I think, going to be a really good backup. That, to me, that's probably his more likely ceiling. If he falls into the perfect situation that's really going to emphasize the West Coast passing game, you know, quick game, high tempo, I think he can do that. And that can overshadow, you know, some of his, um, you know, lack of athleticism, let's say. But um, I really do like him and I wouldn't shy away from Washington fans. I, I don't I don't think that that's the move this uh, this draft, though. Yeah, if he fell in the second round, I would say maybe. Obviously, I would go that way. I just don't see him falling that far in the second round. And 19 is just way too high. Especially when, you know, we, we talk about the wide receivers, you know, we were just talking about kind of like where each wide receiver could possibly fall before we started recording. And someone's going to slip. You never know. And then you got offensive line. So I just think it's kind of top heavy. Some linebackers I really like in 19. I just think that's way too soon uh, for Mac Jones. I don't see him starting right away. I mean, he's not going to be like a Joe Burrow where he just comes in, kind of takes over. Yeah. But 
there's there's definitely three things he needs. He needs weapons in the NFL. You can't go from the, that wide receiver core to playing on the Dolphins like Tua currently is. Um, you need protection. You need a good line because he's not mobile. He's not going to scramble out like Pat Mahomes or like Zach Wilson probably will when he goes to the NFL. And then you need play calling, like you said. Quick passes, throwing some deep balls, but not too much. Like they're not going to be airing out. Like, he's not Matt Stafford. Right. He's, right. he's not just letting it rip. Um, so I'm really just taking a look at teams where I would see him really going to. And I think the most likely, if he was to go in the first round, New Orleans really sticks out to me. Yeah. Like I said, he plays like Drew Brees. To me, that's kind of what he reminded me of. Am I, am I saying he's going to be as good as Drew Brees? No. That that's That'd be a pretty hot take. But I'm just saying play-wise, team-wise, I feel like that's where he would be most comfortable. And it sounds like this is Drew Brees' last season. I know they have Jameis Winston, and for whatever God reason, they love Taysom Hill. I don't know why. I can't stand Taysom Hill. I don't know why they're so invested in a guy who does – he doesn't even look like a quarterback to me. Yeah. If you had to pick one team to him to go to, where do you think he would fit best? I, you called it, and you called it perfectly to me. That's the best situation because you're talking about uh, late round – you're talking about a team that's in transition. Taysom Hill, no matter what the talk is, he's not going to be prepared to be the starter. If they do that, they're going to go the wrong way. I think they'll bring him back. He's that you know that niche player for them. I do see them bringing back Winston. I think what we saw, you know, that trick play with him coming in, I think that's a little bit of you know what's to come. I have to say, I I haven't seen Winston on the field for a while, and he looked he looked good. That guy looked a lot leaner than he has in yeah. years. I'm not a fan of his, but I think they'll bring him back on a one-year, probably maybe a two-year deal, incentive-laden. Um, but Mac Jones, he just fits perfect in that offense. If they continue to bring more receivers in there, um, just adding to what Thomas is already doing. Um, if they don't, they're going to have players that are gonna, you know, itching to get out of there on the offense side of the ball because Breeze kept a lot of those guys happy. So I think you go Mac Jones maybe late first round, and you just build, you know, that defense is pretty solid right now. So, you know, other than Malcolm Jenkins, who's pretty you know, pretty old, you can get somebody later. But, you know, if I'm New Orleans with Breeze retiring, you don't, you know, start the rebuild. You just continue loading with, you know, yeah. wide receivers on that team. Because I think if you can give Mac Jones with some weapons, you know, he, he can be very good in a, a particular system like Peyton's running. Yeah, they've got a good line. They've got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. they got some weapons. Um, you can't just say, well, let's just hope and pray that Jameis Winston – doesn't throw 50 right. interceptions this season and leads us back to the playoffs. You just – you never know. You can't bank on that. Um, outside of New Orleans, another team that stood out to me was the 49ers at 44. Um, and 49ers fans probably would hate this because they want Zach Wilson and they want some of these top guys. You know, Trey Lance does a lot of work, um, with Shanahan, stuff like that, um, in the quarterback school that he has. But I just feel like – I don't know. You kind of have Jimmy Garoppolo kind of getting rid of him for a reason – He's not that mobile guy, you know, but I feel like Mac Jones would be a guy that go to San Fran, has a good defense, once again, good offense, solid running game, solid offensive line. And Kyle Shanahan does develop quarterbacks. I don't care what anyone says. He had Kirk Cousins, who was drafted in what, like the fifth, sixth round, turn him into a very serviceable starting quarterback. Now he has Mullins, who turned out okay. Jimmy Garoppolo turned out pretty well, but I feel like Shanahan could do something with Mac Jones. But the one thing I don't think is getting talked about with Mac Jones is his pocket awareness. To me, he has the best pocket awareness in this draft. Better than Trevor Lawrence, better than Justin Fields. I don't care. If you watch him, as soon as he snaps the ball, he knows exactly what's going on. It's like he has eyes in the back of his head. He knows where the pressure's coming. He steps up. 
he's not going to roll out and, you know, take off for 20 yards. And he has probably the worst slide I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so I'm glad he doesn't take off that much. But he makes his own windows. Yeah, for sure. When the when the pocket's closing in, he'll get out, he'll turn, look at his wide receivers, make open windows. Yes. To me, that's pretty similar. To, that's like the non-mobile version of, you know, scrambling, making a play. He does it in his own way situational football that's what he's yeah. good at like i said that pitch that last thing he knew damn well he was not going to get anyone there scam scramble maybe even barely to the marker he knew if he pitched it that was going to get a play so those are you're right 100 percent. those little things will get him on a team those little things will get him you know an abil- at least a opportunity to be a backup right away depending on the situation to you know challenge for starting that's why we you know we talk about new orleans that's clear cut the best situation i think if you have a san francisco i don't think they'll move on from garoppolo yet but i think they're going to bring someone to seriously challenge him and i think that it's a good thing i think that he could come in there and i think he would beat out garoppolo because i think he offers the intangibles you give him a run game you give him a guy like debo samuel other weapons there that's a good situation too so you know definitely two good um uh, landing spots for him for sure there was two plays that uh, Mac Jones did that really stood out to me the whole season. The one where he scrambled out to the left and we talked about making those windows against Kentucky. Right. And he just fired that sidearm dart. I think it was to Devonte Smith in the end zone. Tightest window for any football to go through. I don't know how he did it, but you're just like, holy crap. That pass had a lot of velocity to it, but it wouldn't have been there if he wouldn't have moved outside the pocket, moved right. the pocket with him, and made his own windows. And then another one, uh, Cole Kublik actually putting this out on Twitter. I thought it was genius. He was watching Ole Miss tapes, and Mac Jones actually rolled out to the right, and he was going through his reads, going through his progressions with his eyes, but he's he twitched his shoulders to the outside to the right. The linebacker bit, came down, and sure enough, Devontae Smith was behind the linebacker, didn't hesitate once, just dropped it right in there, and the linebacker had no idea what was going on. Right. So it's just faking out the defense with his body language, but still have his eyes downfield, going through his progressions, looking at his receivers. He knew exactly where he was going. He said, look, if I turn my body, this, this linebacker is going to bite on it. He's right. going to jump down. He's going to think there's something going on behind him that's really not there. He had no idea. So just the, the IQ that he shows for me, especially only really starting one whole season. Right. But you you sit behind guys like Jalen Hurts and Tua. You learn. You're like, all right, this is what they messed up with. This is what they do good at. And then Sarkeesian, he's an offensive genius. As, as much as, you know, hate he got in Atlanta and stuff like that, losing that Super Bowl. He's going to go to Texas and do great things. Yeah. I love Sark. It's going to suck losing him, um, but he's definitely left a mark on Mac Jones. I think that translates very well. Um, outside of that, there's a couple other notes I had on him. Um, and, and the mobile thing, we've talked about that. How much of that, you know, not being a mobile quarterback in today's NFL really just throws you off with him? Like, are you 100% sold in? Like, I need a. Uh, Lamar Jackson, right. Kyler Murray kind of running guy. Are you leaning towards more that way? Like we have to go that way, especially for Washington with our offense. Are you saying we can make a guy like Mac Jones come in pretty good offensive line, not many weapons at wide receiver, but we can make it work. What yeah, do you think? About that? You know, if you have a situation where like, you know, a la Montez, Montez sweat, you know, like they go linebacker receiver early on and they try to get back into the first round, maybe the latter parts. I think we could, you know, definitely have a conversation with that. If you're talking about, um, you know, Taylor Heinke, uh, Jones, and probably, you know, Allen coming back with uh, with uh, Alex Smith retiring, I think I could definitely see that happening. But I, personally, I don't see the investment uh, worth the squeeze because 
I think, like you said, it, just like other quarterbacks, I think with a good situation, he would work. What I'm seeing with um, Turner's and Rivera's vision, not that being super mobile is important, but I think that they got a little bit of a taste with Taylor, what he did in the playoffs. And oh, I yeah. think they're going to lean towards they want more of that <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I do think more and more, you know, a Stafford kind of situation, you know, is in play. And I think it, it, it's, it's very likely, but I think you have the, the top um, quarterbacks in the draft. They're going to be off the board at 19. So I think when you start talking about the other guys after, you know, Lawrence, Fields is not a guy I like fit here. I've left him off on big board. He just does too many things that I don't like for Washington. Um, after those couple guys, you know, Trey Lance and all them, they're either developmental or they're reaches. So in my opinion, this is not the year to go a first-round quarterback. I don't think that that means they'll bypass one totally. I'm still getting into the quarterbacks, the depth of this draft. Oh, but yeah. um, if they're going to go quarterback and it doesn't work out this next uh, this year, next draft is the way to go. They're going to have a really good class coming in for them. But I, I just don't want to see them reach. I hope with you know the whole uh, potential new GM, Ron Rivera, I just hope that they're not going to reach on a quarterback like that because I don't. I think with the Dwayne Haskins situation, luckily the money's not the same like it used to be 10 years ago if you drafted a first-round quarterback. But I think that they'll be a little more gun shy. And unless they're in the top 10 or able to trade in the top 10, I think Washington fans need to really be under the you know, expectation that there's not going to be a first-round quarterback for them. Yeah, if, if by some grace that Trey Lance falls to us, right. that's the best case scenario. That's, B, that's BPA, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, best player just falling exactly where we want. That's just right. taking advantage of it. Same thing if Mac Jones falls in the second round to us. Right. You got to believe Ron's going to jump on that. Yes. Um, Kyle Smith's going to be like, hey, nobody had him really falling that far. Kick they the love, tires. They love SEC guys. So, as yeah. long, you know, as, as long as, 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 as Kyle Smith is here, you know, they're going to continue to go through the SEC well. So, you know, no reason they won't. So, yeah. Six. So, recap Mac Jones, not the most mobile, uh, but makes up for it with his pocket awareness. He can make plays with his eyes, makes plays with his IQ. Throws, throws his wide receivers open. Yes, he's had some of the best wide receivers in college, but he anticipates the routes. He knows where they're going to go. Very accurate, very precise, doesn't turn the ball over, smart with his plays. Very rarely in Alabama was I like, what was he doing there? Right, what, right. Where, who was he throwing to? 100%. I don't remember one time. Not right. once, which is yep. kind of hard to say when he throw that many passes um, in the season. But so – I think he's going to go to a place like New Orleans, maybe even the Falcons, if if Matt Ryan's ready to go. I think Matt Ryan stays, but yeah. But maybe he needs another guy to sit behind for a year or two. I don't think he starts next year. No. Um, I I think it'll take two, three years for him to just sit back, learn. Not that he's not good enough, but I just think he's going to go to a team that has a quarterback already. Right. That can start right away because they're on a good team, and he can learn something from them. But Matt Jones, number 19, it's not going to happen. Sorry, Washington fans that do want him at 19. Me and Adam want him more than anyone, probably, because we're Alabama fans. <laughs> it's just how it is. Uh, but Kyle Trask, another guy. And this is funny because they're pretty similar. Two guys that really had to be patient, yeah. wait for the opportunity to come. I mean, this guy was – he's been the backup his whole like, life. Like, he was behind yes. Derek King in high school. High school, yeah, exactly. And then he come with that. Yeah. Florida, and then he's behind Felipe Franks. He's like, what the heck? <laughs> Another just, overachiever, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to play. And another SEC guy, this was like the biggest debate on SEC Twitter all season, was Florida fans and Alabama fans going at it, like, who's better? And then it got to the Heisman, and obviously we found out that uh, Mac Jones was better. Nothing but Mac Jones. Just like Kyle Trask, he's going to be at the right. Senior Bowl. 
I think that's going to be big. I don't know Huge. if Jack Jones is going to be doing a lot of drills and stuff like that to kind of risk before the draft, but he's at least going to meet um, with scouts, GMs, meet with, you know, teams, go through some interviews. I think that's huge because who knows, maybe that can push him up a couple spots and go to a team like New Orleans or San Fran gets him in a second. So you never know. I was surprised that he accepted his invite today. Same with Devontae Smith, um, but Kyle Trask, I expect him to fully play and he might need to after that game against Oklahoma. That was that was bad. Bad. That was rough. I was not expecting. Now this isn't the old Oklahoma defense who was like dead last ever at every category. They're like top fifteen, top ten defense, pretty solid this year surprisingly. But still, three interceptions, zero touchdowns, um, was not good. Like I, I I wasn't even watching the beginning of the game. I was actually right home from work and I just saw someone like going off of Twitter like he has three interceptions. I was like, there's no way. If you would have told me Mac Jones had three interceptions and zero touchdowns in a game, I'm like, what is going on? He has to be hurt. Pull him out of the game. What did you think of that performance by Kyle Trask? And how much weight does that have going into drafting this guy? Uh, honestly, I, I've been all, all along not on the really on the hype train with him. It's so crazy because I think uh, probably back uh, early December, late November, people were talking about Trask is possibly a third or fourth quarterback. That was the chatter. And mm-hmm. now if you find anyone that has him really legitimately in the top 100, I'd say you have to go back and watch some film on him um, because off of one game, no way. But like you said, the no high school starts. He didn't start till 2019. He benefited from Kadarius, Tony, and Kyle Pitts more than any prospect in the nation. Like we talk about Mac Jones. Um, I, I'm not seeing those impromptu plays from him. I'm seeing sloppy footwork. I'm seeing an odd release point. Um, and I just see when he gets out of rhythm, he just he can't recover. I see Mac Jones. He might look a little you know, all over the place sometimes when he loses control, but somehow he makes a play or his receivers bail him out. There's just been to- too many situations with Kyle Trask where he's just got really good college quarterback. Um, not NFL ready written all over him. His size will get him drafted though at six five, oh, yeah. nearly two forty. That's um, a big dude. <laughs> I, I think that this senior bowl is bigger for him more than any other quarterback prospect in this whole draft, maybe any prospect in this draft, because I think he's got a ball out in the game. He's got to show out in practices, interviews. He better be one of the sweetest guys on earth because his interviews are going to matter. Cause when it comes down to it, they're going to have organized pro days. They're going to have medicals regional. He's in Florida. They'll get it there. So this senior day could be the most um, exposure he has with NFL scouts and personnel. Cause after this, it's going to be zooms, you know, but it's going to be very intense from what I'm reading. So, I think this is going to be so big for him. He's really going to need to show more as far as what he can do on the move. Because we talk about Mac Jones not being, you know, the slightest of foot quickest guy, but that guy has no problem running RPO and play action. Oh, yeah. I have no problem plugging him and playing it in that kind of pure system if that's all you're doing. With with Kyle Trask, they run a pistol from the RPO, and I just look at it and try to look what Baltimore is doing because they run a lot of that pistol and run and. I just don't think he can do it. So what are we talking about? We're talking about putting him on this next level, make him comfortable in pistol RPO. He wasn't great at it, to be honest with you. He looked sloppy. Um, Kyle Pitts and Tony just really helped him. You know, a lot of passes behind yeah. him, you know, overthrows. Um, I, I'm not going to keep, you know, bashing this guy. You know, I'll say that his eye discipline is really good. Um, oh, yeah. Again, big body guy. 
Um, his his quick game is underrated in the NFL. They're really showing a tendency to um, combat great pass rushes and really good defenses with quick game. So you know, in saying that, if a team is willing to really develop Kyle Trask, you know, he had no high school ball, and then look what he did with some development in Florida. So that's not to say that he's a bust prospect, but putting him in and inspecting him to start in any way, shape, or form in his first two years would be disastrous. So. Year three, if you have a plan, you have something specific for him, cool. But anybody that's drafted him, you know, earlier than mid-third round, you know, you're passing up on a lot of other talent. So, like I said, we'll see what happens. Mobile is going to be huge for him. Yeah, I think with Kyle Trask and Mac Jones, you really have to build your offense around them. It's not a bad thing. It's what the Ravens are doing for Lamar, kind of like what you said. Um, With Kyle Trask, um, one thing I did notice was, you know, with his mechanics – they're a little off. He's, yeah. he's got a solid base, and he doesn't really use his front foot, so that kind of hurts his his throwing power. And we, we say, you know, Mac Jones doesn't have the strongest arm. Neither does Kyle Trask, but he is right. deadly accurate, just like Mac Jones. They're, they have very similar qualities, but the one thing that does help Kyle Trask is how big he is. There's right. definitely some quarterback design run plays. Of course. And it's like Cam Newton, if it's in <laughs> within the three yards of the end zone, he's going to take it. He's going to lower that shoulder. Um, and take a hit. He has some injuries. For sure. Um, I want to say 2017 and 2019, he had like a foot surgery or something like that. Um, but since then, he's been healthy. Um, but you have to kind of talk about those weapons. And people are going to yeah. say that's not fair. Because you didn't, really, you didn't really do too much for Mac Jones. In a way, we did. You know, yeah. like you said, the wide receivers build him out a couple times. You have got you have a Heisman winner on your team. It's, it's going to happen. You can't help the weapons you have. Right. But – you saw what he did without pits. Mm-hmm. The two games he didn't have pits, LSU and Oklahoma, that was his two worst games of the season. Right. You got to say, nope. is that a coincidence? Nope. Or is Kyle Pitts probably the best tight end prospect you've ever seen in a very long time? <laughs> one, and, one, of the, one of the best for sure. Yeah. I mean, if he ends up in Washington, y'all y'all pray for me because I'm going to be unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the worst Twitter follow if we get Kyle Pitts. Um, but just looking at it, um, he did show up in big moments, you know, with yep. that game with Alabama. Yep. He did have both uh, Tony and Pitts going toe-to-toe. Mac Jones, Alabama, the SEC championship game. You know, you talk about those high-quality traits and, you know, that competitive toughness. He showed up in big games. He always had that energy. When he threw those two interceptions at LSU, he was like, look, like we're still in this. we got to keep fighting. we got to keep pushing. Uh, I really just like how he would bounce back. He did get out of groove a couple times, kind of got down on himself, and you saw that in Oklahoma. Once he threw that first interception, it was just all downhill from there. Right. But out of everything that you've seen, what really separates him from Matt Jones to where if he did end up better in the NFL, it'd be because of this one trait. What would it be? Size, <laughs> his size, yeah, and mobility. Like I said, <laughs> it's not like you said. He, he's not a mobile guy, but either is Mac Jones. But if you're going to have any of them on any kind of design runs or anything, you know, just to get you some extra yards, by far it's Kyle Trask. But you know, it, it's interesting that you said Drew Brees. Uh, I don't see really a lot of connections, but I see some of the knocks about. You know, we we saw Drew Brees through the long ball Purdue too, but it was kind of lofted up there. Same with Mac Jones, and people questioned it with the DBs on the NFL level. You know, that's going to get intercepted or, or knocked down. So, you know, this whole process of um, going through the intangibles and, you know, being picked apart, it'll be huge for him because, you know, to think that a lot of people think what you saw on the college level to training camp is not going to really evolve. And you're going to see a lot of 
um, you know, involvement from someone, especially like Mac Jones and Trask, I believe, because just by the senior bowl, just by the influence, you know, uh, Mac Jones is someone, like you said, he was behind some really good quarterbacks at Alabama and he was able to soak in it in. So the senior bowl will be an opportunity for them to really pick the, you know, pick the brains of coaches, um, other players that are going to be on display there. Um, but this draft, like you said, there's crazy things. There's so many QB needy teams. I wouldn't put it past someone to reach on either, not Trask. I think maybe a reach for him would be in the late second round, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone goes, you know, in the late twenties for Mac Jones, just because the pedigree, just we saw at Alabama and, you know, a team with multiple first round picks is a good, is a good scenario for him. So don't sleep on a team that already has an established quarterback picking him up later on. Cause you know, you, you can't really teach the kind of leadership and experience that he had, that he got from Alabama. Could you even see like Detroit getting either of these guys? I could kind of see Kyle Trask on Detroit. Maybe, maybe. Because you don't know how long. I mean, there's talks of Stafford possibly being out. But like you said, I wouldn't be comfortable going from Stafford to Kyle Trask year one. Right. Um, And we talked about West Coast offense and what that really looks like. Kind of like what Joe Burrow and Cincinnati does right now. Just a lot of quick throws mixing in those deep balls. They, they did a really good job before he got hurt, um, mixing that up and helping him out. I mean, he doesn't really need help, but those quick throws, even Ben Roethlisberger beginning a season with Pittsburgh, he was getting the ball, getting rid of the ball quicker than anybody in the NFL. Right. I think that's why they had a lot of success early on in the season, but you're going to have to do that with both these guys. The The deep balls are going to open up, but you can't just come out and say, hey, we're just going to sling it You know, first and 10. We're going to throw 30-yard bombs and just hope that you, you know, lead your receiver or whatnot. But I think I think a good spot for him, I'm trying to think, like, late second round, you really just don't know. Like you said, there's a lot of teams that could possibly be reaching. I could even see him, maybe like New York Jets, if, like, they start getting desperate. Like, I mean, they have a lot of picks in the second round. I'll give you a dark horse that probably no one's thinking of. Um, second, maybe late second round Tampa Bay. You know, Oof. I could see because I okay. see I see Tom Brady playing for another two to three years. And if someone like him falls to, you know, the latter ports of the second round, you know, even third round, I could definitely see someone like, you know, Bruce Arians, you know, working with someone like him. I don't see too many fits for him. And Bruce Arians is kind of one of those outside the box thinkers. You know, we'll see what kind of control he has as far as, you know, roster and everything there. But to me, that that's a dark horse that I could see. Traskin is definitely Tampa Bay. That's good that Jackson mentioned. Like, what's the one need they have, like, that they need? And that's, like, depth at quarterback. Right, right. They have everything else set, and who knows? Drew Brees probably has two, three solid years left in them. Um, like you said, he's he's going to need time to develop. And who who else would you want to develop from than uh, Tom Brady? Right, right. So, I mean, <laughs> that's about as good as it gets. Um, but taking a look at both of these guys, if you had to put them in a pool with anyone else in the NFL – if you had a comp to Kyle Trask to anyone out there playing right now, who would you say kind of reminds you of? Hmm. I'll be honest. I, you know, I, I hate to be boring, but I I, re- I don't have anyone because I don't – with his size – He's like a better passing King Newton. That, that's not a shot at King Maybe. Newton. He just like – I have just haven't seen really a guy with his size that was really used in the pistol RPO concepts that really couldn't move you know his lack of mobility is is concerning to me and again you mentioned medicals that's a great point I want to see the medicals with him because I've heard again high school it's really hard to understand but I heard 
a lot of the reason he could never get involved is he always had little nagging things. And I think that that, that could come up um, during the medicals. Maybe he has, you know, some scar tissue, ankles, you know, things like that. I know myself when, when I was in middle school and high school, I continually do that. And I had scar tissue, you know, so it's something that we're going to have to watch going forward because I think if anything comes back fishy in the medicals with him, I think the teams will totally take him off their board. So you could see him do have a total free fall to the fourth, fifth round. We've seen, you know, I don't have anyone specific, but we've seen that happen before. But the NFL right now starting, no, there's nobody yeah. along with his skill set. I agree with you. One thing that I had a question about that I was interested to hear your opinion on, we talked about experience and there's a, there's a lack of experience like, you know, Trey Lance, who's so young. Right. You know, he's realistically only a sophomore. He only had that one season as a freshman. Right. You talk about experience. Do you think that is pretty much the same kind of, you know, lack of experience like Mac Jones and Kyle Trask has only playing really one full solid year? Now, you know, they're juniors. You know, they've been around for a while. They, you know, just sat kind of back and was backups, still participated, still had practice, learned from these good guys. Do you think that's the same kind of lack of experience as like what Trey Lance has right now, or is it just kind of a different lack of experience? I've watched all of his tape. I, I don't. I think Lance is a guy that doesn't need a two-year development, like some have say. I think that a year is pretty safe for him. And going to again, you know, to keep putting him in a box, going to a team that's going to really put him in um, a kind of system that's going to get the best out of him. And I don't think it has to be a Baltimore run heavy system because he does so throw some uh, show some touch on his throws but again the way he moves we're not just talking about a scrambler we're talking about somebody that can get out of space and he just lowers his shoulder on people which he's he'll gonna have to stop that on the next level um, he'll have to get an effective slide but I see him as somebody that could come in um, and you're gonna pick you're gonna put a, a top 20 pick on him even a top 15 pick in hopes that in a year or so you're going to get him ready to take the reins over. That's the main difference I see from other guys, Trask, Mac Jones. Those are more hopeful. Um, Lance, I see him as exactly you bring him in, you get him the NFL concepts. If you're happy with you know um, his football IQ, which I heard is going to impress people, that's what a lot of people at his school said. I, I think you know you get him in there and he's your backup right away to start. So very you know there's a lot of distance between Lance and the rest of the guys. I like I said, I hope we get Lance. I, I don't I don't think enough people are giving him enough respect. Um, you know, speaking of the senior bowl, there's some guys, you know, one in particular, Jamie Newman, who didn't play this season, who I'm excited to talk about because he was a late first, early second round guy before he opted out. And you could see him fall to the middle of third, late third. Um, you know, people are kind of forgetting, oh yeah, Jamie Newman from Wake Forest. Like he it was really weird how he just kind of transferred to Georgia and then decided to opt out, you know, right. training camp. So right. there are some under the radar guys. And, you know, I think you and me will both agree. I think Washington goes quarterback in like that third, fourth round, obviously yeah. it depends who falls. Um, but I have to ask you, how disappointed were you that Desmond Ritter decided to go back to Cincinnati? I was, and I wasn't because I really like him as a prospect. So as an evaluator, I said another year could put him in the first round discussion. Yeah. So I think that was a good thing. And I think that if he did declare he would be second round for Washington, I would have thought, no, first round and second round, unless you're that short thing, that was a little too high. So I think by coming back, uh, it was his best case. And I think most people had the grade around that second, third round range. So I think if he can come back and you know have another season like he did at Cincinnati um, and show more growth, like I saw him from 2019 this year, 
um, I think he could be in the first round discussion next year for sure. Yeah, I know someone that you and me both liked, and I really watched that Georgia game. I think him going back is going to benefit him a lot. He really needs to work on his pass game a little bit more. Yes, you know, yes. No knock on him. Um, but he just relied too much on his legs. Yeah. And you kind of saw that in the second half of the Georgia game. They shut him down. Yeah. I mean, they, they had him to like, I think it was like under 50 passing yards. Like it was, it was what helped Georgia come back in that game and almost, uh, well, when they, well, they did win the game. But, you know, Cincinnati almost held on. But I just, I think Ritter, one more solid year, he could easily be a first round draft pick next year. If he comes back to Cincinnati, they light it up and they're ranked in the top 10 again. They For had sure. a lot of players coming back. Um, I know we weren't really going to talk about him, but I know someone that we both kind of wanted in the draft. So, um, like I said, Senior Bowl is coming up. It's the end of January. I think we'll definitely do uh, an episode kind of breaking down uh, some of those guys. Uh, like I said, we got Jamie Newman. Kellen Mond is a guy that I've been watching a lot of. I could definitely see him in Washington towards those middle rounds. Um, who's some other guys? Uh, uh, Ellinger. The guy that played like it feels like 20 years at Texas. <laughs> yeah. That guy was there forever. But Adam, we will definitely take a look at some senior bowl guys coming up. Um, maybe some small, small school quarterbacks. I'm sure you've got some under your belt. Yeah. Has there was there anyone in particular that you've been watching recently that you just want to kind of hint out there as a small school quarterback? Well, we've talked about him. Um our, our guy that went to Alabama, Lane Hatcher. You know, oh, yeah. he's really he's really <laughs> lit it up and um you know, again, we're not talking about anyone's coming to be a starter on the next level. No. Like I said, some someone gave me slack that I called him the Johnny Manziel um, without the off the field issues because he just he reminds me of, he he reminds me of Johnny Football. A lot of what he does, how he runs, how he plays, and he's small man. He they say six foot, no way. He's got to be maybe five ten and a half. 200 soaking wet but you know we're talking about small school here and i really love him on that level if he de- if he decides to go you know I, I i could see him in the late you know maybe uh fifth early six but you know we talk about taylor Heinke. you know this is a guy that in, in two three years be a solid backup for a team and i think it can't be underestimated how important having a good backup is you know washington four quarterbacks this year won the division went to the playoffs so you know, you got to look at guys like that, small school or not, you know, building depth going forward, who you're going to have, you know, behind center. It, it matters. And a lot of people have been poo-pooing the small school level. But, man, these guys just keep popping up and popping out of nowhere. Every, every draft there's been one. You know, it was Kyle Duggar last year I talked to. The year before it was Darius Leonard. It's going to continue to be. I'm still going through guys. But it, it's hard this year without uh, with a lot of uh, yeah. teams canceling their season. So No combine either. Yeah, man. it's tough. So we're not going to have those small school kids. You know, I'm talking to, you know, a couple right now and their struggle is finding a pro day to attend because their school, although they could have a pro day, they'll have no NFL representatives. So they have to go hopefully a bigger school in their state. Um, There's only so much room with COVID. So it's going to be a big problem. So you talk about undrafted free agents, man, this is going to be like nothing you've ever seen this year because so many guys, there's just not enough film out there on them and they're just not going to get a chance. Um, if they're not the senior bowl or, you know, without the combine. So, yeah. And it seems like every off season, Washington signs one undrafted free agent quarterback, you know, yeah. continue the streak with Steven Montez last season, who almost saw the field right. um, against our wills. <laughs> um, but I agree with you. Uh, I think that, you know, guys like Taylor Heineke, um, I think he'll be around on the team too, you know, talking Washington. I think Alex Smith retires. Yeah. And then you have these two quarterbacks who kind of play similar with Heineke and Kyle Allen kind of RPO quarterbacks, small little guys, you know, not the strongest arm, not going to lead you to the Super Bowl kind of guys. Um, can they win some games? Yes. Can they 
do some flashy plays. Absolutely, they can use their feet. Um, but I think Washington is definitely looking in the draft for a quarterback, and we're going to keep breaking it down because, like I said, we've got the senior bowl coming up. We'll review that, watch that game, see how these guys do. The The draft boards are not set at all right now. Like they They are still actively moving heavily. If there's one quarterback at the senior bowl that you think can make the biggest jump, who's the one guy that stands out to you? Uh, Trask, because again, I, I don't think he will, but he'll ha- he'll have the opportunity more than anybody else to, uh, you know, because I think the scouts and the coaches are really going to want to see a lot from him. I think they saw what they needed to from Mac Jones. Now with him, it's more about the attitude, dissecting, you know, his football IQ. But Trask, Trask, <laughs> uh, it's it's his whole game. It's his me- it's his mental ability. It's everything that they want to see. So he stands to gain the most or lose the most from a bad senior bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, you just want to see him without Pitts and Tony one more time to see yeah. what that sample really looks like. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's Jamie Newman, though. I, I think if he has a huge senior bowl, people are going to be like, wow, that's that's the guy that we were looking forward to playing in Georgia. That was projected early second, maybe quarterback four in the draft before Zach Wilson and all these other guys blew up this season. But uh, to me, that's the one guy I'm going to be watching. I would love to have him in Washington too. Uh, a lot of Washington fans go watch his tapes. Um, when he was throwing the wide receivers like Surratt over at Wake Forest, uh, great quarterback, great mechanics, great arm. Loved everything about him. He has a little bit of mobility to him too. Uh, but Adam, it was a pleasure having you on, sir. We're going to keep breaking it down. Like I said, I'm ready for the Senior Bowl, Mobile, Alabama. I, I pray that I'm going. <laughs> we, we will find out eventually, but if not – we will still break it down. So, Adam, pleasure having you on, sir. Always we'll great, back. man. Next week, we'll be talking senior old quarterbacks. See y'all Hail later. DC, man. Hail DC, guys. I've been ungrateful, but thankful. Maybe I got it all too fast. Too soon. Living life, no feelings, no rules. I've been trying to make it last, make it move. But I'm a hop in this point and like a fool. Excuse me, I've been ungrateful. I've been ungrateful. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.